Hello and welcome to Hakika Pasa, Gibraltar's straight talking politics podcast. I'm Jeremy Sacramento. And I'm Jonathan Jurado. Well, this week we are tackling the most topical issue on everybody's mind, in everybody's uh, TV screen, on everybody's mobile phones. And that is, of course, COVID-19, the coronavirus, which is sweeping across the, the globe. And it is effectively a war that every government on the planet is currently embroiled in tackling. And Gibraltar, of course, is no exception. As the number of cases keep keeps on rising, so too has um, the need to tackle this great epidemic of our times. This week, to discuss this issue, uh, we're joined by Elliot Phillips, MP, a GSD MP with the current shadow responsibilities for health. Hi, Elliot. Hi, guys. How are you? Keeping well, I hope. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm going to start things off with just an overlay of the issue. It's uh, COVID-19, I think it stands for Coronavirus Immunity Disease 2019, I believe the acronym stands for. Don't quote me on that one, though. <laughs> but with regards to how it, it came about, it's an influenza-like illness. It affects your respiratory system. It goes down into the lungs and causes shortness of breath and issues breathing. Um, which eventually may uh, result in people needing ventilators, oxygen, etc., depending on your underlying health conditions or age. With regards to the roots of it, uh, loads of conspiracy theories, but most of the reputable news outlets, may I say, say it's it, it was founded or it was said to be founded in a in a wet market which serves uh, live animals for for meat so it's including fish and birds there's that thing of the bats was it the bat soup or not the bat soup so that's where it started it's obviously causing a, an epidemic we saw it in china they say it's now under control then it came over to italy i myself found italy a little bit of a you know a scary slightly scary situation because it wasn't necessarily the best reaction on their behalf and now we've seen Italy, uh, Spain, sorry, France, the UK, and even even Gibraltar with its own number of cases. So for Elliot, should we be re- worried about it? And how do you think the government response has been so far? Well, dealing just with your first point on should we be worried about it, if you look at the intro that uh, Germany's given, he describes it as a war, um, and is a war. Um, it's a war on our public health system. It's a war on our people. Um, it is infecting the lungs of many in our community and infecting our economy in equal measure. Um, so I think it is right that we treat it with a level of measures that have been implemented so far. Um, there has been a huge response around the world to this pandemic. It is a challenge of our times. And I think that many of the messages that we're receiving from our government and our politicians is that we should treat it with respect and with the danger that it presents to our government and our people. Um, you know, should be we, we be worried? Most of the messaging that we're receiving and the statistical information we're receiving government said that in the vast majority of cases, this remains a mild to moderate um, illness. But for those that are vulnerable in our community in terms of their age or their underlying um, health conditions, it presents a significant risk to the health and safety of those individuals and a risk to the sustainability of our health service as we know it. And therefore, we, it is right that we take it. Um, importantly in our community, it is right that many people are concerned by it. But I think in terms of all the messaging that we're receiving across the world, and I, I mentioned this in Parliament last week, there's an information overload, there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of rumour, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. But what we need to do as a community is confine ourselves to the official messaging coming out from, from number six, and our public health and scientists tell us uh, how we should read the measures are in place to protect the general population of our great community. 
Insofar as the, the issue with the government response causes, as you know, these parties of in our team have been in regular contact with the government. Um, there have been a, a number of interactions at a very, very high level, and it's been a position uh, the GSD are working very closely together. Um, without criticism, I must say, it's fair to say that the GSD is not criticised. Um, it's got the two areas of concern to us. That, of course, is the comprehensive testing of citizens and, of course, the the school measures. Um, but the campaign is um, very open to discussing all the say that we have. Um, added our views, added our comments, and they have been truly been taken on by the government. So I think this is this is a unique presentation of how the opposition of Gibraltar and the government can work in unison for the public health and the greater good of Gibraltar. Well, it seems on the political front or party political front that there's been a little bit less unity or less unison coming from the uh, corner of Together Gibraltar, who's been or had been until recently quite critical about government's response. I mean, what is your take um, of that particular issue? Well, I, I know um, that TG with uh, Manan Hassan Nohon have been involved in the same type of um, um, discussions with the government. So I was I was quite surprised, I must say, as many members of the community were about that response. But look, um, they are a political party. Um, they have a seat with Parliament, but they are a political party with a voice. And if they have a different view as to how the government should be operating in this area, then that is for them. What I can say is that we have also been tough on the government in respect of uh, comprehensive testing. We believe there should be more comprehensive testing. And we, we set out our views privately to government. We also set them out publicly in our press release this week. We also, in our press, another press release, set out the acceleration of school closures, and we mentioned that privately to the chief minister and his team, who were very receptive to our comments on both areas. So I think it's not fair to say that uh, one area of Gibraltar politics has been super highly critical of the government. I don't think that's probably a fairness. I think generally the opposition has been hot on the heels, that we've been working where we can closely with government in private, and when publicly we need to we need to take the point, i.e. on comprehensive testing of our community and acceleration of school closures, we will do so. And we will continue to work closely with the government, either privately or publicly, and do the jobs that the people have asked us to do. But now is not the time for party politics. Now is time for unity. Criticism is required, but that should be conducted in private and when necessary, where they are not listening, we will do it in public. With regards to um, the public reaction or the public action, um, do you think people around Gibraltar are taking it seriously? Are, are some people adhering to two metres apart in the supermarket, the social distancing measures, or do you think people are a bit lax? I think that experience over the last couple of weeks has shown that there are pockets within our community who have not uh, sort of taken significantly on board some of the social distancing policies that have been uh, set out by the government or recommendations set out by the government, the public health um, advice. Um, look, I think that is always going to happen. Uh, but I think the chief minister has been very, very clear um, in his pronouncements um, in relation to yourself of isolation um, and it is right that we continue to heed those warnings he is after all the principal leader of this community and where all the politicians to pursue um, the policies I think it's right people follow that and adhere to the guidance that is set by the government adhere to the new regulations we've had uh, regulations published again very late last night Sunday evening um, to extend um, uh, the lockdown to the wider population and we should we need to take this seriously I cannot emphasize enough 
seriousness in which people should treat this. There will always be members of our community that do not abide the rules, and that is why there are enforcement provisions within the new regulations to ensure people do that. And if there's one message I'd like to send out to people on this on this programme is that we need to comply with all public health advice being received. It is for the benefit of the wider community, our elderly and those most vulnerable from this uh, from this attack. Even with these measures, um, it's extremely likely that the number of cases will go up and perhaps also even um, we might see some deaths uh, locally. Uh, do you think in terms of supplies, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of beds from your conversations, perhaps you can't disclose what's been going on uh, behind the, the, the scenes in, in your discussions with government, but do you believe that there is the adequate um, uh, amount of availability of supplies and well you know obviously in terms of the confidential discussions that i've had with the government in my uh, meetings with chief minister and the public health authorities with the leader of the opposition there have been certain uh, matters which are clearly uh, would be inappropriate for me to to talk about those but from from my understanding of uh, the numbers that we're dealing with in terms of the resources that we have on the ground i have been assured by the government that we are ready uh, able to face uh, this pandemic um, um, during the course of its lifetime and that is not to say that some health authority may well become overwhelmed, um, given the breadth and extent of um, uh, this virus. You've seen in many, many countries around the world, uh, health authorities struggling and being under pressure of uh, the sheer volumes of people being diagnosed um, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the requirements on, our, on the health services across Europe. So I think we need to expect significant pressure on our health authority at some point, and God willing, um, that will be reduced. Um, and that we have the number of beds to cope with the volumes. So far, the numbers appear relatively small, but that number will only increase. Um, and we will see, um, and God forbid that we have fatalities, but we may well see in the coming weeks to come. In fact, the Chief Minister has been very, very clear um, about that. Um, I don't want to go into the numbers um, and the assessments that the government has made. That is for them, if they wish to close that to the general public. Um, but in so far as what we're seeing on the ground and the information being provided to, to, to the general public, on this, I think we have to expect more cases, many, many more cases, and it is hoped that the measures that have been put in place in terms of the setting up of the field hospital, the number of beds that are required to assist those whose ailments may not be uh, uh, properly dealt with at home in terms of self-caring, that we have the facilities and resources to deal with those types of cases. Likewise, in the hospital, where the more serious cases require ventilation on ventilators and respirators and oxygen, etc., that you discussed before, it is hoped very much that we have enough of those beds to cope with those members of our community who, who cannot physically deal with either self-airing or in terms of the field hospital um, and any of those provisions. Um, look, all of us hope for the best in this, but we always need to plan for the worst. And I think the government has done that since January. The information I am receiving um, is assuring me and our colleagues that they are doing that, they're putting things in place so that we can cater for that. But look, this is a worldwide pandemic on epic proportions not seen since 1918 in, in the Spanish flu. So therefore, we need now um, we need to see how this goes. Um, I'm sure we will be tested, all of us in our community, but we need to we stay resilient and strong uh, and support our health workers as much as we physically can and our emergency services to get through this really difficult and dark time. A nice um, follow-up to that would be showing you know, resilience and solidarity with the health professionals and perhaps even the government officials. Perhaps a little bit of a personal question, but do you think together Gibraltar's attack on social media of Paul Balban and his uh, Volkswagen van um, was warranted during the times that we face? 
Well, I think it was an unfortunate mixture of two events clashing at the same time. Now, the government ramped up um, their measures at the same time as this, I believe, this photograph was taken, uh, literally at, right at that time. And I believe that uh, the, the health minister was back in jib at the time. And look, at the end of the day, I'm here to, to defend anyone. But, I, you know, this seems to me like a bit of a storm in a teacup. Mr. Barban was in Gibraltar at the time these measures were introduced. You know, any one of us, any one of us could have been either away on a plane, in a car, um, having meals with our family outside in the community at this point. So, I, you know, I think it's all a bit much ado about nothing, quite frankly. I understand from, from my contact with the government that Mr. Balban was in Gibraltar at the time. Um, and I think it is right that we show solidarity as a community, opposition and government in fighting the big fight here, which is this virus. Um, you know, together Gibraltar can issue whatever we city, and if they do wish to to attack the, the Minister for Health, that is their prerogative. But I personally feel, as many people in our community feel, now is not the time to point fingers. Now is the time to look inward, look at what we can do to best safeguard the health interests of the majority of our population, the vulnerable and the elderly. Well, although, you know, this is very much a health, a public health issue, uh, and the politics side of things should be kept at arm's length, including these sort of um, trivial attacks, um, popular attacks even. But there is a political, you know, whether we like it or not, game at play constantly, even in these difficult times. Um, and I think, do you think there are certain elements um, in the political field that are using this to further their, I don't know, position? Um, I wouldn't, you know, I would I'd like to think that people are utilising um, the most epic viral attack on our community for their own political ends. And I don't think anyone in Parliament, anyone, whether it be uh, Malena Hassanon, Fabian Picardo, Keith Azapardi, is truly in it to fight a party political uh, fight and score points. It has got to be a concerted effort by everyone, every member of the uh, of our parliament, every political party, from an enemy, any that lives in the lungs. Of it. No, I anyone that wants to use this for their own selfish political uh, gains, and it can be the best. But politics is ingrained in everything we do in our society, and it is hoped that no one is using this for the political gain that I have described. It must be first and foremost the protection. Weak and those at risk from this virus. Um, we need to put aside everything. Look, we may have our disagreements with the government on a whole range of issues, and I think one example of that was in Parliament's week. The biggest fight the opposition has had in recent times with the government is over public finances and the spending of public money on projects. Last week, we put aside, Roy Clinton put that aside, worked with Sir Joe via telephone and at meetings to decide on how we respond financially to this crisis and support businesses and people up and down Gibraltar and up and down Main Street. We did that for the, for the greater good of this community. The opposition and government got together by Roy Clinton and Sir Joe Bostano, putting their heads together to prepare an emergency budget for this community. That demonstrates putting party political arguments over public finance and putting the people first. And I think that's a, that's a you know, a, a long time coming or a very welcome act because we've, we've seen some petty somewhat petty arguments sometimes in in parliament with regards to um party political things um we'll just turn it down a notch from the covid19 and just if you could give us a feel of how you think the gsd has come out of the 2019 election how has the party evolved or grown etc etc because now you have the leader of the opposition 
or excuse me, you were the official leader of the opposition, but Keith Asopardi now has his own seat. How do you see the GSD growing since October of 2019? Look, in a, in a way, with respect to you both gentlemen, this is a bit of a stale debate because it happened six months ago, but I think it's right to reflect now our GSD's performance uh, from the last election, I think we have demonstrated uh, quite clearly with very able uh, opposition ministers in Keith Azapardi, Danny Feetham, Roy Clinton, uh, and others, Ed, uh, Edwin Reyes and myself, that we are willing and able to do the job. We have put full effort into um, refocusing on the grassroots of our party and try to build from there. It's not an easy task, don't get me wrong, but it's something we're to do. But the performance, you only have to see uh, the performance we have um, in in Parliament and outside Parliament to gather and to gauge where we are performing. In my view, we are performing well. Is there more to be done? Of course there is. In politics, there's always more to do. But it's quite clear that nine out of our 11 people uh, were, were, were on the, the final slate when the votes were counted. The people of this community wanted a GSD in opposition. That is right. They did not want us to lead in government, but they want us there in opposition. And six of our members are on the front page of bench and form the official opposition of, of, of Gibraltar. And six months on, I think we're doing well. I think more needs to be done, always needs to be done in respect of our portfolios. And we are growing um, as a party, um, as a unit. We're stronger and we are we're going to government. We're putting the case to government. We're testing the government's policies day in, day out. Now, I know that members of our community may say, where is GSD in terms of their opposition? Sometimes I've heard that message and I want to address that through the medium of your, of your programme. And look, we put out Numerous, uh, numerous press releases um, on all different types of subject matter, from mental health to disability rights to Brexit, and now, now fixing the COVID. It's important to recognise that all of us are pushing ahead with all of this. We need to do more uh, on accessing people in our community in terms of social media. You know, the traditional forms of, of media have changed over the last 10 years. Uh, and more work needs to be done. We acknowledge that. We're trying to push our message out considerably across all mediums. And we hope people recognise that. If not, I'm sure they'll tell us that we're not and we'll, we'll have to fight harder. Just a follow-up question on, on that slightly. I know that this is perhaps, you know, like you said, a stale debate uh, and people would have discussed this in Gibraltar a long time ago. But we will get we will get back to your to the COVID or slight COVID question later on. The election result, I know that you won the, or the GSD won the majority of the seats in the opposition, but in terms of the vote share percentage-wise, you and Together Gibraltar were somewhat close. Do you think that percentage-wise, I know that percentage-wise doesn't necessarily represent the number of seats, that's a disclaimer, but it's too close for comfort now that you've got a third party there pushing you. Do you feel as if you're being threatened? Um, I would say we feel threatened. Um, I, I believe that Nong has achieved uh, something in, in getting a seat in Parliament. I will never take that away from her. She she fought a good fight. She inside historical context uh, with the politics, and that she should be congratulated for. In fact, I've done that myself, and many have done. Um, I don't see it as a threat to us. We have only grown so far as that experience. might have done better in the election, that is for sure. Um, but I don't see it as a threat. I think what you'll find is in politics in the next three to four years, and we see the the, the, the green shoots of recovery, not only in the, in the COVID crisis, but also this, of course. I think you'll see a stronger, uh, more able, and hopefully the young. Um, and some of the policies that we've announced in so far mental health really generate the case, because it shows that we're connected. Um, and I'm going to still do more on that. But our focus, of course, has got to be at this moment in time, supporting the government on COVID and facing the current crisis that our community has. 
Yeah, and that is quite correct. Um, but I just one more question on the election and on the campaign. And I want to try and because you're, you're the first opposition or GSD opposition MP that we've had on the podcast. And I want to just try and suss out what, in your opinion, were the main failings or do you think what, what was it that just didn't quite click with the electorate? I think there were a number of issues. Um, you, I think you have to look at um, Brexit in so far as um, it was at the time. Um, we're in a delicate position in relation to to Brexit, and I, I, the, the, the sort of message being delivered by the government that they are best placed to deal with future negotiations and Brexit, given the fact that they've had a handle on this for some time. Um, you know, it, 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 it's quite true that Brexit played a big part in all of this, and of course. Uh, another aspect was the growing um, uh, debate amongst our community on, on abortion, and it's not my intention to to rehash that or go into that in any detail whatsoever. Uh, but there are a number of issues here that arose um, that uh, that um, delivered the result it delivered. Um, and look, some of these issues that we're dealing with with as politicians are very difficult um, issues to deal with in a community like ours. Um, and look, we're dealing with them. Uh, and there will be, and they will be dealt with um, later in the year. We'll get uh, COVID. But look, politicians are always challenges, right? Generally, always going to have issues which are put to the electorate where one part of the electorate doesn't like what one politician is saying and another. Um, but I have some feeling that the GSD is here. It's here to stay. Um, it will continue to press forward in its policies. It will continue to promote social democracy and social justice. Um, and that is what we'll continue to do. And uh, the next showing, I, I hope to produce more of a percentage. <laughs> So before we finish off, I just wanted to get your your verdict on how you see uh, Gibraltar, the health service, the GHA, coping with the COVID-19 outbreak. Do you think we'll see really steep case increases, curves like we see in Italy or Spain? Or do you think even with that, you know, we're still going to come out on the other side with a with a quite a successful result from all of this? You know, we all hope for the best in this situation so far as uh, suppressing or flattening the delay and the spread of this virus within our community. Um, Spain has had a unique situation, as, of, as, as have Italy. It's uh, very little difficulty. Um, it's the reason for the significant lockdowns in, our, in, in both those countries. Uh, look, we cannot escape the reality of our geography. Um, we still have a work coming through our border um, as of today's date to, to ensure that our uh, important uh, functions still carry on insofar as health is concerned. So we have to manage that the best way we can. And I believe that measures that are incrementally being introduced, it may well be the, fa- the case that we'll have full lockdown insofar as any interaction moving forward. But that, you know, that's the, for the chief minister on consultation with the public health authorities insofar as the advice he's received from the director to decide in due course. But I hope that we come out of this stronger. And I'm sure we will. Um, will we see a increase in the number of people contracting the virus? I'm sure we will. Uh, but it's reducing the numbers and getting people to understand that staying at home, hands, only be out when it's strictly necessary in terms of food, medicines, um, and the, the exceptions that included new regulations published late last night, and to get people, get that message across so people truly understand that, so that we can reduce uh, and manage uh, the effectiveness of our health authority so it does not get overwhelmed, so it does not collapse, and so and to avoid deaths uh, in our community from this virus. Um, I think all of us in our community have got to have end on this note, which is to thank every one of our health professionals on the front line in Gibraltar, supporting them as much as we can. And everyone, I think, is emotional about the applauses that we're seeing almost nightly now to all of our emergency services and our health workers, our doctors, our nurses, 
Um, every single person in the economy who is trying to produce whilst we go through this really difficult time, uh, the public and the private sector, all working together to fight this virus in any way and shape they can. Um, so I think we need to applaud the efforts of everyone in the community is doing that. And for those that continue to flat the law, to continue to flat the regulations, I say this, you must stay at home. Because what you are doing by going out into the streets without good use and, and not complying with regulations is putting in jeopardy the health of those of unwilling community. And we cannot abide by that. So I believe in the full of the law to, to deliver on these regulations and to get through this as quick as possible so we can um, get back to normality. Uh, but one thing that I think has really been demonstrated from this experience so far is that people really are coming together. And it's a, real, it's a really positive sense. People come together to support everyone. And it's a long time coming. And one of the phrases that the Chief Minister has used twice now, in fact, talking about the culture of entitlement, which is something that uh, Danny Featon, when he was leader of the opposition, talked about, something I talked about when I was leader of the opposition, and, and what the party has talked about, is this entitlement culture. We need to take a, take a step back. Each one of us in our community, in my respectful view, has a responsibility to one another, to look out for one another. And I think this virus will show what's good about Gibraltar, what's good about Gibraltarians, and what's good about fighting virus, and end result where we'll get through this as best as possible. So uh, I'd like to end with that and, and, and congratulate everyone that's working really hard day out. Right. Well, we at Aki Gebasa obviously echo both your, your thanks and your gratitude as well as your um, good advice. And, you know, people really should pay heed to what the public health authority is saying. We also want to thank you, Elliot, for giving us, you know, a rather insightful um, outlook of what's happening somewhat behind the scenes and what the opposition is doing in this regard and also for the first input of the the opposition on Akike Pasa on the election results um, just passed and how the GSD is faring since so thanks a lot um, to you Elliot also to our listeners um, thank you very much for tuning in for this episode we hope you've enjoyed it and of course that you once again pay heed to all the advice and join us next week when we'll have another very exciting interview in line for you